G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Most of us probably have a cupboard full of useless Christmas presents that we've been given down through the years. So why do we do that? Why do people waste money on yet another useless Christmas present? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome to the program today as we enter into this Christmas week and think about what it all means at the end of one of the most tumultuous years in living memory. And please do stick with me because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet. It's called The Best of 2020, and I'd love to send you a free copy just to bless you at this time of the year as we head towards Christmas. Yep, yep, Christmas is almost upon us. And I guess most of us, well, we're pretty tired of all the Christmas shopping ads on television, the hype, the tinsel, the bread makers, the rice cookers. In fact, The list of useless things you can burn your cash on, all in the name of Christmas, well, it's endless. Some people are so hard to buy for. What do you buy them? Well, I'll think of something as I wander through the shops in that well-planned, strategic, heartfelt process of giving that we call the pre-Christmas shopping frenzy. Isn't it crazy? Especially when there's a child dying of hunger every three seconds. Stand back and pinch yourself. It's nuts, right? So, why do we do it? What's the most useless present you've ever been given in the name of Christmas? A tie? The sort of tie that you'd never be seen dead in? Some monogrammed hankies, some perfume or some aftershave that you'd just choke on? Or maybe it's that bread maker and you think, I haven't got time to make bread. Or the rice cooker and you think, hang on, what's wrong with the pot that I usually cook the rice in? They tell me, my family does, that I'm difficult to buy for. Well, that's probably true because I do have really definite tastes. I I buy my own ties and my own aftershave and now I'm not really into receiving presents. On the other hand, I think I'm easy to buy for. I'll have the next series of MASH on DVD, thanks. A bottle of good New Zealand Pinot Noir. The simple act of giving. Well, it's great, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. But there's a difference between genuine giving and racing around the shops at the last minute, buying useless stuff because we have to buy someone a Christmas present. If giving is going to be genuine, if it's going to be, you know, real and meaningful, well, it has to be tailored and and thought out and, and heartfelt. If I'm going to buy you a present, I need to know who you are. I need to know what you like and what you don't like. I need to think about it. I need to wander around and say, hmm, I think they'd really like that one. I'll buy that one. That sort of giving, it's wonderful, isn't it? It's wonderful when someone knows you well enough and cares for you enough to go and buy something that you'd really like, that you'd really use, that you'd really enjoy. But to me, it is so crass when people just race around and and fill their, their shopping cart with stuff at the last minute and give you this thing and you open it up and you go, that's not me, I'm not going to use that. And then you kind of smile and say, thank you. It's like, it's awful, isn't it? We've all been in that space. You open that thing and you get that tie and you think, I wouldn't be seen dead in that tie. 
There's this shabby, crass, commercial, ritualistic Christmas. Why do we do it? What is it that causes us to have that sort of a giving at Christmas time? Well, the whole present thing at Christmas begins right back 2,000 years ago with the Magi, the wise men. They're actually astrologers who'd come from the east, they'd followed the star, and they came to worship Jesus, and they brought him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. All of those things were really valuable commodities in the context of that society. But really, the whole big giving thing at Christmas didn't begin until about the late 1800s. Two things came together historically to cause this to happen. The first was the Santa Claus story somehow caught people's imagination. And the second is that in the economies of Western societies, retailing started to become a phenomenon. You know, shops were opening, stores were starting to understand that advertising was important. So those two things historically came together to give us the sort of Christmas presents the whole phenomenon, the whole multi-billion dollar industry that we have as Christmas today. But the first Christmas present, the first Christmas present wasn't gold, frankincense and myrrh. It was a baby. It was Jesus, God's own son. Later this week, we're going to have a look at the whole event, that Christmas night, from God's perspective, from a different angle completely. But today, I just want to look at this whole question of gifts and presents. If the first present of Christmas was Jesus himself, was it a worthwhile present? In a nutshell, it goes like this. God exists forever. Out of his love and grace, he creates a world and puts you and me in it, and it's a great world and it's a a wonderful world, but it's also a world that has problems and pains and hurts and difficulties. And any psychologist will tell you that one of the, the deepest problems in the psyche of a lot of people is guilt, a nagging sense of inadequacy. And here's God's angle on Christmas. Guilt is a product of our free will. It's a product of us being able to choose to love and to worship God or to reject him. And many people choose to reject him. It's a direct consequence of our free will. And we live in a great world, but you and I have made some mistakes. And those things bring hurt and pain into our lives. And there's a need for justice too, of somehow ultimately paying for those mistakes. If we look at Adolf Hitler, we look at him and we go, I hope there's some justice there somewhere in the next life, don't we? Wouldn't it be terrible to think that Adolf Hitler got off scot-free? That comes out of our sense of justice that God gives us. And then Jesus says, but hang on, there's another way. I'm here, I've come so that you would know my love. I've come as a person just like you. The Son of God grew up became a man, wandered around for three and a half years, teaching, doing amazing things to show us who God is. He died on the cross to pay the price demanded of justice, and he rose again to give us hope and victory and future in an eternal life. That's a nutshell. That's God's view of what was happening at Christmas. Now, let's just take those two things, God's view of Christmas, God's version, and this crass commercial Christmas that's all about presents that we throw in the bin. And you weigh those up, one in the left hand, one in the right hand. You look at this this Jesus, Joshua. His name actually means God came to save, God's salvation. 
Christ means God's anointed or chosen one. So the name Jesus Christ means the way in which God has chosen to save the world. God's chosen and anointed saviour. You weigh him up on one side, the Jesus of humility, of, of amazing truth and relevance and forgiveness and hope and future and that Jesus, that Christmas. And on the other side, you weigh up the, the crass commercial Christmas that we've come to celebrate. And you look at them and say, which one rings true? Which one resonates with me? Which one deep inside meets my deepest needs? Do I need a saviour? I can't answer that for you. That's your choice. But let me say this, the scary thing, the sad thing, wouldn't it be sad if all the time at Christmas God was whispering to each one of us, I love you. Look at my son Jesus. I sent him for you. I, I love you. That's what Christmas is all about. I can't answer the question for you whether in your heart you feel a need for a saviour. All I can do is this. This Christmas, can I encourage you to look at the real Christmas? Which one is real? Which one is authentic? Which one touches you and me with deep love? Have a great Christmas. this year, one that none of us could ever, ever have predicted. So many people have suffered loss, fear and uncertainty have filled many a person's heart, which is why it's so important for us all right now to receive the powerful truth of God's love into our hearts. Amen. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called The Best of 2020, and it's based on some of this year's most popular, most responded to messages that have gone to air. Now, you can request your free copy either by stopping by at ChristianityWorks.com or giving us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Get in touch, and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. But this is the very last week it'll be available, so don't miss out. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.